I opened this morning by reading to you the words of Thoreau. He talked about how he so loved just sitting in his doorway, doing nothing. For the past semester, I've been sitting in a different kind of doorway, and nothing memorable has been accomplished. I began this year thinking I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life. Despite this, I decided to take a year off between high school and college. While I haven't saved the world from climate change or written any symphonies during my time off, I've made some major discoveries about myself and how to live life in the fast-paced world we all inhabit. Today, I'm here to talk to you about my experiences and the virtues of taking time to slow down. In May, I stood here and I said that in the fall, I would be going to Ithaca College and majoring in vocal performance and how excited I was and I knew exactly what I was doing with my life. In the middle of July, however, two days after returning from my orientation, I was thrown a huge curveball. Ithaca offered me $10,000 to take a year off because the incoming freshman class was too big. When I first considered this opportunity, I thought about all the things that I could do with that much free time, and I was excited. Go to museums in DC, read the dictionary, practice music every day, take an EMT course, do a project every month, go for a run every morning, do incredible things with environmental work. Soon I had accepted the idea to take a gap year, or the offer. I considered the idea of going abroad or joining some sort of program, but after committing myself to a job and to paying rent, it wasn't feasible. That was when I panicked. Suddenly, the prospect of having little to no structure in my life was terrifying. With my new housemates all in school and my odd work hours, would I be bored, lonely? What would I do with the hours from nine to five when it feels like the whole world is running full speed and I am at a standstill? For as long as I can remember, I've been in school all day, every day, with projects and activities, and most importantly, schedules to occupy my time. And isn't that true for most of us these days? From the moment we can think, we're sent to school to learn to think better. In elementary school, we're prepared for middle school, where we're prepared for high school. And in high school, we have a regimen of classes we're required to take, and we must get excellent grades in these classes to prepare ourselves for applications to the best colleges, and we must know what we'll major in and what we're going to do with that major. And all of these things, supposedly to give you the preparation for the life you determine far before it's relevant. And then often as adults, we find ourselves unhappy with the jobs we decided upon 10 or 15 or even 20 years ago, but feel so much responsibility to the million other things we have going in our lives that we can't take a breather. This is the life we live. Because it was familiar, I began my break by measuring my time with projects and accomplishments. But I soon realized what a unique opportunity I had and began to embrace having very few things I was absolutely required to do with my day in a very different way. Instead of packing my day with things to do, I would make a point of emptying it and learning the lesson that's often omitted in our culture, that of non-doing. Non-doing is a practice of mindfulness um, from the Buddhist tradition. And it means to spend 
time in the moment, consciously and with intention. And it's not to be confused with doing nothing. And it was hard. The fact is, in modern North American culture, there's a stigma around not doing or accomplishing. And it's easy to confuse introspection with doing nothing. This confusion is so hardwired that I sometimes was confused myself as to what I was doing or not was actually worth something. But I think that it is exactly this questioning that makes the time of non-doing so fruitful. When I, asked, when I was asked what I was doing with my break, I often wasn't sure to say. And I frequently omitted the sheer amount of time I spent just thinking about life in my answer. So the first obstacle I knew I would have to overcome was my discomfort with the idea of non-doing. Why is it, after all, that taking a pause to look at your life should be such a bad thing? In a relatively short time, I reached a point where I could explore other realms of thought. And after overcoming that obstacle, I had the time I desired to think, reflect, and ultimately discover. The first important discovery was that I can love music without studying it. Since I was no longer practicing classical, music, classical singing 40 times a day, I found myself appreciating listening to other artists in a way I never had before. I was searching out new music and stretching my horizons to fulfill this interest, interest instead. The second major discovery was that I can love music. Uh, yes. <laughs> the second major discovery was that I can do anything I want to with my life. Some words that really opened my eyes to this were by MIT postdoc Cal Newport. In an article entitled, Are Passions Serendipitously Discovered or Painstakingly Constructed? He redefined passion as the feeling that arises from having mastered a skill that earns you recognition and awards. I've always known I wanted to follow whatever would make me the happiest. But taking on the belief that any interest of mine can turn into a passion with hard work opened a thousand more doors and allowed me to realize that I don't need to worry so much about making the wrong decision about what to do with my life. After pondering over the realization that I could do anything, I made the third discovery that I could dedicate myself to something that was even more intriguing to me than music. It came to me that I was really excited by the way people's brains work and why people do the things they do. I also realized that, really, I enjoyed science when I applied myself to it, after having gone on for many years thinking I hated science, simply because it took a lot of work. And after more thought, it occurred to me that this interest of mine was really neuroscience. I later made the fourth discovery that I have a very deep need to help other people and make an impact in the world. My environmental work being one of the few things I hadn't removed from myself during the time off, I still was devoting only a few hours a week to it. And one night in the middle of November, I found myself completely distraught because I simply was not doing as much for the movement as I possibly could. And I was sick, sick with the idea that although I had all this free time, I wasn't using it, enough of it, to help other people. The idea that I wasn't standing all the time for the things that I believed in. This pain I was feeling, coupled with my other discoveries, brought me to the most important realization, 
the realization that my intrinsic need to help other people would ultimately trump any painstakingly constructed passion, even music. Having been raised an ethical humanist, I've been doing service projects since a very young age, and the words deed before creed have become ingrained in me in a very personal way. Although I can continue music in other ways, I need to follow the interests that allow me to more effectively contribute to helping others. It still, however, took me a month and a half to come to terms with turning away from the major I had been preparing myself for mentally for well over a year. And now, I'm finding myself immersed in music from the satisfying position of the listener with a good understanding and writing songs to satisfy, satisfy myself instead of standing in the spotlight. It's so easy to get drawn in by the fast-paced world we live in. With the expectations to land a good job and raise a family, it's not surprising that we get caught up in the idea that there's simply not time to explore other options, or even just take pause to look at the beauty around you or within you. Even during the holidays, supposedly a time for relaxation and appreciation, our schedules are packed and we're surrounded by advertisements of how to de-stress because even the concept of giving gifts to those close to us becomes stressful. And it takes courage to slow down because pause for meditation is so different from anything we've been trained to do. But you never know what you might find or how valuable it might be. And perhaps that's a scary thing, because you could realize you don't like where you are, but if not now, when? I would posit that it doesn't matter how old you are, how much life experience you've had, or how much time you've already spent slowing down and absorbing the world around you, that there's still something to be said for a month, week, day, or even an hour spent away from the daily grind, away from distractions and in touch with only the present and your thoughts. Last week, we all found ourselves stuck in a pause whether we wanted to or not. All of us kept away from the daily grind by a physical barrier, two feet of snow. I took my dog for a walk and found something I'd hardly seen before. Everyone was outside and talking to each other, and they were all so friendly, because finally, no one had any obligations that were calling to them. And finally, everyone was present in that one day, because they needed to clear their driveway. <laughs> Soon, I'm gonna be starting at University of Maryland, and majoring in environmental science and policy, as well as pursuing the pre-med program. I have absolutely no idea what number of things I'm going to do with my life. And I couldn't be happier. Thank you.